Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We are back and at it, and we are with Dr. Benjamin Ritter, and he is going to talk about how to develop talent through coaching. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long-underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. I am jazzed about this. How's everyone doing? Doing well. How about you, Ben? Doing good. I got my jazz hands going. Jazz hands, jazz hands. Well, lucky for the listeners, they can also watch your jazz hands on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube channel. So there you go. Feel free. (laughs) And the snaps. snaps Yes. Snaps, jazz hands. We need to put some uh, theater music or show tunes with it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Really excited for this episode today, guys, and make sure you listen all the way through to the end for Dr. Ben's Broke to Boss Tip of the Week. So let's get right into it. How to develop talent through coaching. So what made you pick this topic to chat about today? Yeah, so I initially started my career in organizational leadership and talent development as a coach, and I didn't really know that this is the field that I was going to go in. If we get in our little time machine... And, you know, we, we step out maybe in around 2006-ish, 2005 probably, I started diving into the field of personal development because I wasn't happy. I wasn't confident. I didn't have, I didn't have a clarity around what I wanted to do in my career. I initially wanted to be a professional soccer player. And that's actually what I dedicated my life to when I realized that I lost my purpose, which, by the way, the worst advice you can ever be given is find your purpose. I didn't know who I was and had to figure that out, you know get back in the time machine, fast forward. I was unhappy in healthcare. I was dreading work each and every single day. I'd go into work, had a great job. I was, I was successful professionally. I was an executive, but all around me, leadership was pretty destructive. It was a pretty negative work environment. And I never really chose that career path. That that career path tended to really choose me. And I kind of took it because it was the best thing at the time. And so I did a hard career audit wondering where, where I was passionate, what I enjoyed. And I realized, well, coaching, I also had a side business at the time as a coach in a different space. And then I had a coach at the time within our, within our corporation, I was selected for an emerging leadership program. And I said, wow, you can merge these two areas, the things that I'm passionate about and actually make this into a career. And the one thing we were missing from our organization, it could have saved me as a high achiever. They could have saved my peers that were coming into my office and crying each and every single day because of our leadership was an actual positive work environment, which and one of the best ways to do that is through coaching within that space itself. Because there's a big difference between management, mentorship, and leadership, especially if you tag on coaching. One of the things you said so that- I actually- Sorry, go ahead. We do this go, all the time. Go, 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 go. I said <laughs> career audit. And that, like I saw Brianna's eyes and that perked my ears up too. So what does a career audit entail? That's really interesting. Part of coaching in the workplace is actually just having a conversation with your direct reports, with even your peers, and getting curious about what their strengths are, what energizes them, what's draining them, where they find enjoyment, 
and a career audit that you can do for yourself, which a leader should be doing for you to help craft an environment that is more motivating for you, really just asks those main questions that relate to job satisfaction. So the three main pillars, it's your actual work. So what do you really enjoy and what drains you? What do you want to learn? So what kind of, what kind of work do you want to learn in the future? And do you have the resources to actually do that type of work that you love and that you want to work towards? So do that audit, ask that big question, because you're going to get a lot of really great information about, about the things that really fill you up each and every single day. And you are empowered and accountable to, to change your work to be best fit for you. And that can right. mean for either finding it in your next job or creating it in your current job. The second pillar is social relationships. You do a career audit of who do I love working with? Who's really draining mm -hmm. for me? Who do I want to meet? And in terms of social relationships, that involves your environment. So what sort of organizations do I want to be around? And then the next piece is meaning. So what drew me to this career in the first place? What am I really passionate about? Has that changed? What's speaking my interest? What areas might I need to explore? And so you ask yourself these questions, you do a career audit, and a lot of that involves even looking at past, past positions, past mm -hmm. projects, past people you've engaged with, even what podcasts you listen to, such as this. And you plot all that out, and then you take a look and say, okay, so how does this relate to the jobs that I've had in the past? How does that relate to my levels of satisfaction and happiness right now? If you've had none of it ever, then you really pretty much will have a direction to start getting curious about. But you may find that there's really high moments and low moments within your career so far. If you've been working for, I'd say, at least over five to six years, and mm -hmm. you can use that information to then say, what really should I be doing next? So this career audit to find your career sweet spot to then help you really choose what you want to do next in your career, either at your current job, because you can fix your current job, you can craft it or for what you want to do next and what opportunities you want to explore. So you said a couple of things. I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little further because um, do, you, do you think everybody is coachable? When people want to be coached. Right. So, so what do you, how do you deal with and, someone that, that sits in front of you and you're just like, oh my God, like mm -hmm. week after week, so, like I just don't know what to do with this person. Well, coaching is an engagement tool. So if we're going to just take a step back and, and what is coaching? Coaching is basically creating awareness uh, and growth within an individual. It's not giving them advice, it's asking them questions because you believe that the person has the information within themselves to be able to accomplish what's bothering them and what they're struggling with. Utilize their strengths, utilize their interests, utilize how they want to do something to get to the outcome that you're trying to achieve. I think one of the biggest mistakes that leaders make is they try to dictate the how. You have to do it this way. You have to write it this way. You have to present it in this way. Well, that's a huge, that causes disengagement because that's taking someone out of their sweet spot of, of what they truly enjoy doing. And so I believe that if someone is disengaged, truly disengaged, and they're already looking outside of the organization and they look at their leader and they say, this person is despicable, I don't trust them, I hate them, then they're not going to be coachable because they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to be bought in. They're not going to care. Mm. Right? They're going to be going into work trying not to work. If someone is interested in keeping their job, interested in staying at the organization, then someone is coachable because coaching is literally just asking someone questions to find solutions for what's bothering them in a way that feels good to them. And so that, that's kind of my disclaimer. So I, sometimes I, I mean, I have a coach. Um, I wish I would have gotten a coach long, long time ago. And I'm now on almost my third coach at this point, um, which is great because you're, suppo you're supposed to, you know, outgrow them just like your therapist. Uh, there are some times where I'm like, I feel like I just had a great therapy session. So where is that fine line between therapy session and actual career coaching? Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's, cause there's two different kind of realms, but this where, where this lives. It's either in the organization from leader to direct report or leader to peer, or even leader to skip level or boss. 
there's still those opportunities to coach. And then there's career coach to client, which are, are very diff differently, you know, you, you navigate them differently and they have different goals and such. So where would you appreciate to focus right now? Like where, where, where sh what path should we go down? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, you know, let, let's, let's stay in your genius, which is what internal, right? Or well, do you I do both? internal and external. Yeah. So what okay. I truly care about is helping people craft a career for whatever it is that they want to do and help organizations become places where people can do that at. So, because organizations can empower individuals and coach them to basically create whatever it is that they might be seeking outside of their current organization. Most people tend to leave that think that the solution is the way out because they've built up such a strong belief system and, and negativity towards their leaders, towards their peers, towards the organization due to disappointment or no recognition or non-constructive recognition, you know, or really bad feedback. And so they build up the story of the only solution is to go out the door. And you see this a lot also during recessions where people think the only solution is to create my own business. And so it's like, it's, those are fine because they're, they're tools to motivate and their tools to keep people go, moving along their career path towards what interests them. And anything will work out if you want it to work out, you just, in just terms of this mindset. But the, it's, it does limit you in terms of what you potentially could be building within an organization. So there's kind of like, there's, there's I, I focus on both ends of that spectrum. Mm, interesting. I lean towards wanting to know more about the external um, yeah. because uh, I do think that there's like, we could rabbit hole down internal all day long because I think a lot of organizations, it just depends on the organization. It depends on the people. We can go down quiet quitting and all of that stuff, but let, let's do external. Let's do it. Okay. So can you repeat the question for me? <laughs> if I could remember the question, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wanted to know what's the difference between, um, you know, when it, the fine line between therapist and career coaching, yeah. because mm -hmm. I mean, everyone says business is not business, you know, per business is not personal, but kind of is like that's what you're doing most of the time yeah so disclaimer i'm not a medical professional <laughs> medical professional nothing i say is <laughs> advice and i'm a doctor but not a medical doctor and so i have to i'm not clinical in any way shape or form and uh, so therapists are going to be angry at me and coaches are probably going to be angry at me no matter how i answer this question Ooh, controversial but because like i've it. also had clients <laughs> it's <laughs> very on brand for us <laughs> Uh, I've had clients say, wow, that is, that felt like therapy because people tend to have this distinction between, oh, if I'm talking about personal things or I'm working on my mindset or beliefs and it must be therapy. And that's not the case at all. Coaching a lot of times when I work with clients, the bulk of what we do, and I'd say 99% of the time is reframing their beliefs and mindset, building confidence, creating clarity, helping them let go of destructive, negative beliefs that have been creating a path for their career, which isn't fulfilling for them. And so therapy, just so putting that out there, therapy in a, in a way tends to look at the past and reflect on it to create awareness of the reasons why you are the way you are, or potentially why you think the way that you do. Uh, and unless you're getting into like cognitive behavioral therapy, I'm not an expert on this, a lot of times you're not action focused, you're not oriented, your therapist isn't going to say, what are your goals? Let's strategize on how to work towards them. So coaching will kind of take both of those and they'll do reflection if it's needed. And so the first, they'll work on what are your goals? Let's break those down. Let's create clarity. Let's create confidence in those goals. Let's in intentionally set up an environment around you that helps you achieve them. But not all clients are ready for that. Mm -hmm. So you start setting these goals, you start creating vision, and all of a sudden someone's like, but wait, I have all these negative limiting beliefs from my past, and I doubt myself, and I live in fear, and I hold myself to these really high expectations that I created because of how I grew up. 
And all of a sudden you're like, okay, hold on a second. We have to deconstruct these because if we don't get past these, we're not going to be able to take action towards your goals. There is a piece of, okay, just force yourself to take a little bit of action, create habit, build momentum. Mm -hmm. But most of the time that isn't, that doesn't work. So coaching kind of uses some aspects of reflection and awareness and reframing where I think therapists live within that realm pretty much the entire time with the client. Love I it. love the way you okay, defined both of those, sure. by the way. I think that was really mm -hmm. nice. I think for all of our listeners, I love the way that you defined both those, like the difference. Um, question for you. Do you have a coach of your own? Yes, but I go through different types of coaches based on what I need. So really? most recently, I had like a sales coach prior to mm -hmm. that. you know. So you know, one time I had a relationship coach. And so mm -hmm. it kind of depends on what I need at the time. At this point in time, I don't have a coach. Things are going really well. I have momentum, but I am having meetings with certain people to kind of, because uh, I've created a really good machine that works for me with, with my life, my career, my relationships. And at this point in time, I'm like, wait a second though. Like, what if I want to build like the next part of this machine? So I'm kind of having conversations with people right now to see if there's anyone that I align with. Okay. So that, um, does that mean that you think that people should have a coach for different specializations? Like you said, you have a sales coach, so people shouldn't have the same coach. Is that your recommendation or what's the thought process there? Well, coaching is just like a modality of learning. And so yeah. people can learn in different ways. You can learn from a book, you can live from a podcast, you can learn from taking classes, which I just signed up to go to our community college to take Spanish. Right. But before mm -hmm. that I was taking, uh, I was taking virtual classes through Lingoda. And then in between that, I was doing Duolingo and Babbel. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, so what do I need at this point in time? So you've and got a lot of time on your hands. immersion of the class. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that specifically. We all have the same amount of time. I just uh, will, I'm pretty good at finding the one thing I need to do to make progress in the thing I'm interested in and really quick to like drop that. things that aren't helping me get there. And so I'd, I'd say one of the things I've had to learn over time right through coaching and through my own self-reflection is how to value downtime, how to value quiet time mm. and how to create it. Uh, because mm. a lot of times it'd be like, oh, I have time. You're watching a movie. I'm going to open up my computer and go on LinkedIn. So, uh, but to your, to your question. So I, I immersed myself into this course, this, this three hour in person Spanish class at a local community college, because I was not getting the results I needed from myself learning from the apps, from the online virtual classes, from taking trips and such. And so for coaching, it's what type of learning do you need at this point in time? And a lot of the high, like the clients that I work with, these executives, these senior leaders, they don't really want to do a self-learning module. They mm. don't want to go read articles for hours online. They want to sit with someone in an hour and get a result that, that that would take them, you know, who knows how long, uh, doing it a different way. And they also they learn more more through the coaching the, the coaching modality itself. Mm -hmm. I I think for me, what's even more powerful is just like setting aside that hour because, like you said, we I, I like how you said it, like we make our own free time. Um, so you're always like, okay, I could be doing this and this and this and this, but like actually having on my calendar every Wednesday at ten is when I get coached. And sometimes I feel like, God, what am I going to talk about today? But those are the sessions normally that you leave the most powerful because you are a free mind and you're ready and you are, things are going well. So you're just kind of pushing yourself. Yeah. A question for both of you, actually, because this is something that is a, a nice reminder. So we, we, do, do you work a lot during the, 
the holiday season or like the last week of the year or no. is it more of a quiet time it's more quiet yeah okay did any did anything happen uh, in terms of like were you planning next year uh, was there any new thoughts that came to mind about your business or about your personal life that maybe you didn't have prior yeah because you have you have a i think of a clear mind you're not in it you're not in the day-to-day so yeah i had lots of lots of thoughts and i actually find those are the times that when i like to work or like projects that i need to finish at any point that don't have a deadline when it's really quiet and no one's pinging you on slack or whatever i feel like that's whenever my thoughts are the clearest so yeah i've and and with new thoughts ideas with regards to our business that's like every hour for us we have like a running list of (laughs) things that come to us like shout shower thoughts uh yes so focus group of three right but i think that a lot of people can resonate with this that the week of not having the stress of having to do something led to a lot of innovation and creativity and it leads to a lot of introspection and realizations and even like for me one of the best things i did this this past year was dedicate myself to a hot yoga practice and Mm -hmm. i've had more epiphanies in the last five minutes of yoga than i've had i mean like in like a decade and then this last week of the year too, I mean, I was like, okay, I think it's time to launch a new course. And I went and built the course in three days and I launched it. It was like, what never would have happened at any other time in the year because I didn't have that space to think, to reflect, to be motivated. And yeah. so like those forced times, like in coaching that hour, and then hopefully at least another hour during the week for doing exercises and follow-up and reviewing the notes and stuff that your coach will provide to you is, is life-changing because exponentially over a year or two years or three years, that is so much more time that you're spending on you than the things that you're doing. That's yeah, that's a fine line between doing and thinking. (laughs) I actually think as you get more, you know, involved or higher up in your career, you're probably getting paid more to think than actually do. That's interesting. One of the greatest, one of the greatest things you can do is, is to, as a leader of an organization where you have to be strategic is to have that extra time. Like if I was the CEO of an organization and I had a bunch of leaders under me, I'd say you have to force yourself to have downtime every night where you're not just closing Mm -hmm. your computer and going to bed, like literally space, at least two hours of space. And then I want you to schedule out on your calendar at least two times a week. That's an hour, hour and a half of you just kind of just reflecting and planning towards the goals that we have. That Mm -hmm. time is is money well spent is money because we get so we can't think when our brains are full we can't put anything else in them (laughs) i guess yeah absolutely because sometimes you're thinking of survival and that's difficult sorry taylor go i was just gonna say for me at the it's and I, i don't know if you have some thoughts around this dr ben of you said two hours or later on in the evening at the end of the work day and at the end of the work day i just feel like my brain is like mush but i'm clearest in the mornings i'm a morning person brianna i know you're a morning person so i tend to do my thinking or like have my quiet time first thing in the morning um what is the best practice there do you think it's in the evening do you think it's the morning or do you think it's just a person it's we're all unique uh, I also, I need to wake up and so I work out in the mornings, but before I work out, I need to do one thing that makes me feel like I made some progress for the day. So I'll, I'll wake up, I'll take a look at my schedule for the day. What's the most important thing? And I do something quickly. It's like a half an hour of deep work, sometimes a little bit longer. That makes me not you know feel good, but also gets my brain moving in terms of what needs to be accomplished. I said the evening 
in general because a lot of times we work until we can't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we work until it's time to go to bed. Yep. And that transition is not really a transition. It's And so I actually had a client once where he had a hard time being present. So we bought a little dollhouse door and he would he hung it on his car visor. And so he would drive home and he would park. And before we'd go in, he'd shut the door, acting as if he'd shut the door on work. That's good, go yeah. Go to his house and be present with his parent, uh, with his with his kids and his wife. And we don't shut the door. And our subconscious will work on problems if we give it the chance to. And that's why sleep is so important. That's why if you want to solve a problem, think about it before you go to bed. It's it works. But the extra time and space between going to bed and work, if you can give yourself those two hours, you may find, especially if you're not, if you're like, you have downtime, that things will come up for you. Even if you're, even if you're drained and exhausted, well, the thoughts will come up for you because you're not sitting in a computer exhausted, trying to create some sort of document or Excel spreadsheet or answer emails. It's more so letting your brain think about the day and process with, uh, to give you and giving you that little extra space. Well, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you said that you start your morning off by doing one thing that makes you feel like you made a little bit of progress. Is that personal? Is that professional? Or can it be either? So for our listeners, this is like a good tip, I feel like. Blended. Um, I get, I get, it depends on the importance of the personal and professional. Okay. Now the personal for me when I wake up is doing my knee exercise exercises and going to the gym. So usually the work that I'm doing itself is professional. Got it. Sorry. I don't know if I could do any work before I work out. Now keep in mind, I do work out very, very early, but irrelevant of the time because I feel like during my workout, it will, I will be spending all of my brain power thinking about work. I don't know if I can shut off between the 30 minutes and then the workout. That's interesting. I will try it. Is that for me personally, if I don't do it, I'm thinking about work, checking ah, my emails okay. and all that stuff. So I figured out what works for me is great. Close this door real quick, make sure mm-hmm. I'm prepared for the day, feel a little bit accomplished, and then I can dive in and be present. Got it. Okay. So back to the actual, like more of a theme of what this was about on how to develop, you know, talent through coaching. Um, where does somebody start? Because in general, coaching is, you know, relatively expensive. Um, so where, where can someone go? Great question. That is true. It's a larger financial investment. So there's a lot of free resources online, though, when it comes to starting the process. So mm-hmm. first, you need to understand why you want to coach. And then you can that can help you with your selection process overall and start vetting specific coaches, setting up mm-hmm. some initial calls. Some coaches won't be available due to capacity, or maybe they have a business website, but aren't really still practicing anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the search process can actually be longer than a lot of people think. Uh, you might want to ask some people around you uh, who they might who they've used and get those testimonials. The recommendation is always a great way to get a coach, but you can't find the right person without knowing what you're trying to find for yourself. So mm-hmm. at least get some sort of idea in terms of what you'd like to accomplish in the next three, six, twelve months. So uh, hopefully that adds a little bit of clarity. Mm-hmm. If you know what you want to accomplish, how long you want to take to accomplish it, and I'd also like to add how much you're willing to give up and sacrifice to accomplish that then that can really help you start your journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think lots of times, so we've even gone over, um, I was lucky enough to have a a big chat with my family over the holidays about just resolutions, goals, and whatnot. And it was really interesting listening to everyone's everyone's goals because it's like 
how are you going to do that? And for the most part, they were like, I don't know. I just told you what my goal was. So that alone is a dig. And I know I went on um, an emotional intelligence website recently, and they have lots of great activities that you can do and just kind of put on paper. And then I also uh, went to my loved ones, including my fiance, which is a little bit nerve wracking. And I said, what do I need to improve on? By the end of the year, if I could improve on X, what would it be? You know, and it was definitely one of those scary moments where you're just like crossing your fingers, like, please don't freak out when they tell you what you have to improve on, you know, but um, yeah, emotional intelligence for me was kind of the, the key that unlocked everything. Where is, where's your journey with way, that? I'd say if, if someone's not willing to do a worksheet, it doesn't mean you're not ready for coaching. It might actually okay. mean that you need coaching. It just, how much are you willing to spend the time? Do you believe that you can, right? So if it, most of the time the objections are, I don't have enough money. So do you feel that you can invest in this? Are you willing to give up money for some sort of goal or outcome? I don't believe I can do it. Do you believe that you're willing to commit the time with the right guide? Uh, this isn't going to work for me. Do you have trust in the coach? Do you believe that you can grow and that you can develop in the area that you want to? So a lot of those main objections can relate to where someone might need to start to, to start the journey as well. Yes. And it's definitely a journey. And I already looked at the time and we're already over time, which was crazy. <laughs> jam, jam, jam packed for sure. Well, um, it's really, really fun conversation. Thank you. It is really fun. It's been really insightful. So go ahead and hit our listeners with the broke to boss tip of the week and also let them know where they can find you. If they're looking yeah, for so a coach circles back to this, uh, this, this circles back to the concept of presence. A lot of times high achievers tend to feel that they have to keep working. So even though, you know, mm -hmm. they think they're paid 40 hours, they have to work 60 or they have to work at, you know, they have to do the 40 when really you're, you're not being paid by hour, especially if you're not an hourly employee, if your salary, you're being paid for your expertise and your skills. Mm -hmm. And so they, they say, well, like I have to keep working because there's work. There's a lot of work. I gotta, I gotta get this done. Like there's the reason why you have a job is because there's work. The reason why you're passionate about something or motivated by something is because it's a source of enjoyment, not because you have to accomplish something. So there's never going to be an end of what drives you. That's why it drives you. It's an ever, ever, never ending, right? Source of energy and motivation. So please keep that in mind when you're like, should I go to this birthday party? Should I go to my friend's event? Should I spend time with my partner or my kids or my friends? Yes, you should, because work is still going to be there tomorrow and you never really know what else is not going to be there. Ooh, love that. Love that last oh. bit. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, if people want to find me, uh, LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter, look me up. You can also go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com, learn all about the new masterclass I just launched, as well as coaching services. Nice. Love this that. This has been I awesome. Lo love even like the live for yourself. I mean, that alone is such a powerful statement that I think that not a lot of people, sometimes including myself, uh, realize and remember. It's something you have to be really cognitive about. So love that. Dr. Benjamin, thank you so much. And, you know, thank you everyone that listens to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. I know our numbers have been blasting up. So thank you so much. And, and if you notice, um, our, our, you know, we're, we talk about all sorts of stuff because career in general, it hits up here in the mind and it, you know, it hits the souls and, and, and there's, you know, different techniques that you can use. Um, so we try to get the hard and soft skills in here. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure having you. And this has been very insightful. I know for me. Excellent. Yeah, All right. We'll see you next week. Blast. Jazz hands. Thanks, y'all. Bye, jazz hands. <laughs> Bye, <everyone. laughs> Thanks, y'all.